1: It's always amazing in radio, you think you have a lot of time and then you don't. Christine Stewart here from ctnewsjunkie.com in studio. Happy New Year.
2: Happy New Year to you.
1: And you have, did you see my boots? I I tweeted (laughs) out. I did see your boots. So you can see, like Christine Stewart has, uh, you know, her shoe game is on point and mine is not and uh those look like like um retrofitted boxing like old school boxing shoes on 4 4 inches of heel
2: you know the guy at the store saw me trying them on and he said i put those on the shelf and i never expected anyone to ever buy them
1: and that's exactly why you got there <laughs> exactly <laughs> um so obviously ctnewsjunkie.com it's i have uh, four essential things for connecticut that i have open. I and mean, you can criticize them if you want ct insider hartford current and I have um, Capital Report and ctnewsjunkie.com. And uh, I encourage everyone to check it out. But you've also got something going. The legislative session is underway. Yes. And so you have something sort of value-added for people to in, interact with, correct?
2: Yep, value-added. So bills.ctnewsjunkie.com. All of the bills that have been introduced for the 2023 legislative session are there. You can easily share them on social media. You can tell lawmakers whether you support or oppose them. Straight from that site. Straight from that site. Um, so a real easy way to weigh in and give your opinion on this legislation, and so um, they only have until the end of the month to complete their their bill filing process for the whole session, for the entire session. Oh. so um, if you need something introduced, if you need to get something introduced, if you support something, oppose something, now is the time to kind of weigh in while you can still make a difference. Well, I
1: want you know it's funny because that's exactly where I wanted to go next, and we'll talk about some of the bills, bill by bill, but. In terms of the flow of the longer session, so basically I look at – now it must be like the trading day when I worked on the exchange. Like There's a flurry of activity at the beginning. Everyone orders lunch in the middle and hangs out, and then there's a flurry of activity at the end. Is that basically how it works? That
2: is basically how it works. And so all the bills are being introduced. And this year, because it's a long session, any individual lawmaker can introduce a piece of legislation. So there's usually more legislation introduced You know, every bill that's introduced usually has a constituency or a constituent um, with a specific problem that that is behind it.
1: Okay, so in terms of this session, and we're talking with Christine Stewart from CTNewsJunkie.com what are there like two or three or four identifiable priorities here i mean we know that the democratic caucus sort of dominates and and so what what are they have to do a budget we know that but like what are right. a couple things that you think are really important for people to know about
2: uh, so i i think that you know affordability in connecticut has always been an issue right and so we have health insurance rates going up this year 13% on average um, we have our electricity bills going up over eighty dollars a month um starting this month. Can't say um,
1: double because then people get mad at you because then they <laughs> go through the numbers. i I witnessed that whole song and dance last week,
2: uh, yes, exactly. Um, so it's it's uh, that those are going to have to be priorities um for lawmakers. Uh, and I think that, you know, for years and years and years, they've put them off. You know, when it comes to health insurance, um, they didn't make the changes they needed to make to actually lower health insurance costs, and then all of a sudden the federal government comes and bails them out with the Inflation Reduction Act and gives them three more years of subsidies, so they put off again actually solving these problems.
1: I well, healthcare. You said it's something you've done a lot of work on. I I don't know the industry. You know, I know there's a lot of rules about interstate commerce and this and that. You know. I mean, whether you believe healthcare I mean, I, I believe it's a right, not a privilege. And but it's it's really difficult. I, you know, government running it is, you know, is an inefficient. I, it's one of those problems. I don't know if there's a solution out there that's been proposed, but I do know that I feel like I, I it's way too much of my income goes toward it. And we live relatively healthy lives. And I don't how can the state of Connecticut make it more affordable?
2: You know, well, the the state could actually ask the federal government for a reinsurance waiver. And so this reinsurance waiver would cost about $20 million, but then it would cover the most costly and the sickest among us, thus lowering the premium cost. But mostly at this point, everybody's got a high deductible plan. So you really don't have... Health insurance until that catastrophic event actually happens, because you know if your deductible of six thousand dollars, eight thousand dollars, I mean you're paying that a- for a the ton most of money, part, plus your premiums on all those services. I mean the Affordable Care Act does cover some of the you know the the primary care um, visits, but it's it's really it's not enough. I mean. You know, my own personal experience and my own personal family, I mean, it was as much as my mortgage every month. Yeah. The the cost of health insurance.
1: It is It is stunning. And I don't even mind, I mean, this is, not. we're not journalists here, we're just personal, but I don't mind subsidizing other people to some degree, but I, I feel like it should, there should be more rewards for healthy people and it should be easier. I, I just find the deductible thing is so frustrating because mm-hmm. you just, you feel like you're paying hundreds- you know sometimes 8 900 a month in your premiums and then you you have to until like 6 months into the year you feel like you're paying double and then all of a sudden you're like oh we hit our deductible let's get everything in the kitchen sink taken care of <laughs> i mean it's just a, it creates a weird cycle of behavior i think but i i don't i, I don't really know how 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 we can fix it nationally, but maybe the, the state can. Well, help. I mean
2: lowering, you know, lowering the cost. You know, every every time one of these hospitals builds a new building or gets a new piece of machinery, we're all paying for that.
1: Right. A couple of quick things before we we have to take another break. Um, Wine and grocery stores fascinates me because the package store lobby has to be strong. But it makes like, it's just like all you're doing is sort of delaying the inevitable, right? I mean, be, we I was talking earlier about uh, Mega Millions. You know, back when you and I were little, there'd be lines around the corner for lottery. and Now you can get it everywhere. Like, you you, you know, like accessibility is, they're going to have wine and grocery stores. Like, why, what, what, what's the holdup in something like that?
2: Right. Well, I mean, you know, the consumer, I mean, it took, you know, it took, Governor uh Malloy a really long time to get, you know, not only, you know, Sunday sales, but you know, the ability to to buy I think it was beer in grocery stores, yeah. right? At mm-hmm. that point. Um, and Sunday sales was a huge thing. And there was a huge fight from the the package industry on the package store industry on that.
1: Something like that have a chance a chance?
2: Um, wine I mean, it happens in every other state. You can buy wine and grocery stores. So um you know, it it does if there is enough political will behind it. Bear hunt? Bear hunt is something that comes up every year <laughs> and something that um, ends up getting put on the back burner again. So I don't know if we've hit the critical mass of, of incidents with humans and bears to necessarily get there.
1: Our producer, Matt Royce thinks bears are going to take over. They're taking over. <laughs> They're, get, they're they're like AI. I mean, we
2: don't even have. We actually don't even have Sunday hunting yet, so you can't hunt on Sunday uh, in Connecticut. That's part so of that's like the blue law, issue. like an old blue law. Yeah,
1: huh. uh, Christine, stick around. It's great to have you in studio, Christine Stewart from ctnewsjunkie.com. dot com. You know, when it comes to the budget, is there a, is there yeah. a fear? I mean, it seems like the surpluses, the numbers seem smaller than even a year ago. Like they're starting to come in. I don't know if the Federal money obviously start it's it's going to go away at some point, but is there conservatism even among Democrats about spending because they're worried about the Connecticut economy on the back end of this?
2: Yeah, I mean the weird thing about the budget. So the budget will um, Governor Lamont will introduce the the two year budget in February during his budget address. But the weird thing about the state budget is that it benefited from high inflation. Because the higher the inflation was, the more sales tax collection oh, we brought in. But the the guardrails that they put in place in 2017, as part of that bipartisan budget, the volatility cap, the spending cap, the revenue cap, the bonding cap, the spending cap, um, is keeping the budget, you know, uh, in in surplus, in the black. And I think that you know Governor Lamont has reiterated his um, his proposal to keep those guardrails in place. Um, do some
1: of them inhibit growth though do like there's some areas where they should be able to spend more if if they can to to spark because Connecticut they is a- find
2: a way around that I mean, you know, if they need to actually spend and get something out of you know one of these these categories, there's certain areas of the budget that are supposed to follow the spending cap, and then there's certain off budget areas that aren't. And so they they figure out a way around that. Because
1: to me, growth is you know affordability is part of the growth issue, right? I mean, the people from New York and New Jersey who streamed in during the pandemic—that's not going to continue type thing. And and for Connecticut to thrive, it needs to grow, and that means new businesses and people need to move here. And 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 I I don't know about the spending caps. I like a balance. I mean, you have to balance the budget, but you don't want to. I don't. Know, I just wonder what the economy, what the what the receipts and the gross receipts are going to look like when the federal money's done and we go into a recession. I mean, I, I think there ha- has to be a concern.
2: No, the, I, I think there there definitely is a concern, um, and I think that that you see Democrats actually heating um, that concern based on the legislation that they're they're introducing right now to keep those guardrails in place and make sure. Um, that that we stay in the black, and you know the U.S. Bu- Census Bureau released information yesterday about um, migration patterns. And and Connecticut only gained two thousand eight hundred residents.
1: So that's not a lot. No, but, but it was
2: the second smallest growth state be- um ahead of Vermont in the whole country. In the whole country. So I mean, we need more taxpayers right I mean in in order to to grow the economy and you know businesses are having a really hard time bringing in qualified people because of the um the housing market it's really expensive to live here it's yes. unaffordable to live here and so if you can even offer a six figure salary and it's not relocating is difficult
1: what are you gonna do yeah you know the the last sort of issue I want to ask you about you know you want you watched this whole cannabis thing go through the legislature mm-hmm. and it, it sales begin today I have my own opinion and I'll, I I'll give it to you but what what is your sense of of how this whole thing was handled from the legislating side all the way into the implementation
2: implementation, um, you know, I I think that's kind of yet to be seen because we don't have the social equity applicants who are going to be running these businesses. We have the the medical producers who are already distributing. That's what's opening today. the sales. That's that's what's opening today. Um, So there's still a long way to go on that.
1: But the social equity from a lot of people I talk to, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors there. And I've been, you know, that some people get paid to be the front of a certain thing and they get yeah. a certain percentage and then that mm-hmm. percentage goes way down and they, they get they get a payout, but they're not running the business. And it, it seems right. like behind the scenes with all these hundreds and hundreds of applications, it just ends up being big business and isn't really social equity anyway. Right.
2: It's, it's big cannabis, you know, like big tobacco. It's, yeah. it's big cannabis that's going to end up running these things. But
1: to me, if that's the case, then the system didn't work.
2: And- it's really hard, you know, the return on investment here right now. I mean, if you look at Massachusetts, the, the price of weed is, is way down because and, the market is too saturated. And
1: dispensaries are going out of business. Yes. That's been my sort of my thesis is that I think if you expect some big – and some people who, who don't want, you know, people, everyone out there, and we have still have the driving under the influence issue to t- tackle, I just don't think it's going to be some big tax boon. I don't think the business is going to be that big.
2: I don't either, and I think that we see. So there's four growers right now in the medical space. Um, one of them, um, based on their SEC report, is in real trouble and might not survive.
1: And a lot of the applicants, you know, they got the they might have got the permit, but they then they don't have the cash to you because it's hard. You can't borrow from banks in the same way that regular businesses right. can. So I, you know, it's it's news today, and there'll be a couple there'll be lines today. But I I, I am really interested to check back in in a couple of months and see. Well,
2: we should remind people who are in lines today that they need to bring cash.
1: It is all cash-based. Well, it's cash
2: or debit card. No credit card. You can't can't even Venmo or PayPal. Yeah.
1: That's right, because the federal federal law, I think, will change. But I think we're a ways away. We're talking with Christine Stewart from ctnewsjunkie.com. The the last thing I want to talk about here is is kind of a, a big issue. I think that you know we see nationally what's happening with partisan politics but like good push and pull between parties is good for go- governing right and 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 what is what does the republican party need to do in your opinion to get a little more not power is not the right word but just to, to to be able to 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 exert more of of what it wants In legislation and in in elections from winning to legislating.
2: Yeah, I think they they know how to be the minority at this point in in Connecticut. And I think 2017 was a really good example on how they were able to – the margins were were closer at that point. Yeah, so what's happened? So So the margins have grown further apart. The Democrats have larger majorities and the Republicans have smaller minorities. Why do you think that's the case? Um. I cannot explain Connecticut voters. <laughs> I have, I have. Is it like no a Trump backlash? Is idea. It, is the
1: party need you know? Is it the way it's being run? Are they not putting up good candidates? I mean,
2: no. I think that they are putting up good candidates, and I think at the local level, if you know your candidate, you're not thinking about which party they belong to. If they have your best interest at in mind,
1: or people just vote D straight down or R straight down.
2: I mean, that could be the case. I mean.
1: But you don't, I mean, you don't see it, there's anything lacking. I mean, I know you have friends and you have to take care of that stuff, but I, I mean, it, you would like to see a Republican Party stronger here in Connecticut. And- no,
2: I definitely will. And I, I I, think that the Republican Party just nationally is, obviously we saw the 15 votes with the Speaker of the House, is, is very divided and the National Party right now doesn't know what its identity is. And I think that makes it harder for the state. Republicans to to have an identity that they can craft and embrace.
1: Huh. Yeah, and, and then there's the Trump the Trump element too. Is that you were defined either being for or against, and it was hard to be a Republican if you were against. Although in New England, it was easier than in other parts of the country. Uh, we have only just a little a little bit left with Christine Stewart. I, I just didn't know it's not comfortable to ask people about it because. But, you know, I, I didn't know Quentin Williams at all. So just qu- quickly, I, I know you probably dealt with him a little bit, but what's been the impact on people at the Capitol because of his passing?
2: I mean, they, they, have, been, they have been in shock. Um, this is a 39-year-old who did a tremendous amount of work, um, was literally friendly and always had a smile on his face no matter what. Um, And he was, you know, he was moving up. He was moving up to um, become the chair of the Labor and Public Employees Committee. Um, So he was definitely on the rise. And um, they are all very... um, It's tough. Yeah, they're distraught. It's
1: really tough. Yeah, Uh, Christine, I mean, look, see, you blink. It's 8 o'clock. Christine Stewart from ctnewsjunkie.com. We should do an hour. You should come back and we can talk more. We appreciate the time.